welcome to Beckett Talks, the podcast series from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts, we will be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. Hello everyone, I'm Craig Downing. I'm the Quality and Inclusion Manager here at Leeds Beckett University. My pronouns are he, him. Today we'll be discussing in what we hope will be the start of many more podcasts to come on matters in in support and awareness of our trans and non-binary students and colleagues. I'll be joined today by Ian Lamond, pronouns he, him, who's a senior lecturer in our School of Events, Tourism and Hospitality Management. And Ian is also the chair of the Rainbow Rose, Leeds Beckett's LGBTQIA plus forum. We'll also be joined by uh, one of our postgraduate students, Chodge, pronouns they, them. So a very warm welcome to you both, and thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks, Craig. So as is the usual tradition here at Leeds Beckett University, we raise awareness and celebrate this week, which is Trans Awareness Week, running from the 13th to the 19th of November, and the Trans Remembrance Day on the 20th of November. So I'd like to start by asking you both really how important you feel that Trans Awareness Week and Trans Remembrance Day are to our university community, and the wider community. So, Ian, if I can start with you. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, thanks, Craig. Uh, it, it, it's centrally important as far as, as I'm concerned. Um, I, I tend to look from a historical perspective, just because of, of my, my sort of semi-academic kind of frame of mind, um, and the significance of the trans community in the Stonewall uprisings of 1969 that, that really kicked off the, the gay liberation movement is central. I mean, people like um, Marsha P. Johnson, Sylvia Rivera were all trans people of colour uh, and they were fundamental to LGBTQI plus activism from that point onwards. So, so for me, the trans community is at the very heart of any form of seeking um, rights, um, seeking legislative change, seeking awareness—they're the very heart of it. And and to to celebrate that every day is important. But having key points during our calendar as a community where we can can give specific profile, I think, um, really emphasise that even more. Can you just tell us a little bit more around uh, Trans Day of Remembrance? Okay, so tra- Trans Day Remembrance um, is to remember and celebrate the trans lives lost every year, um, predominantly to murder or suicide, which is something that I, I don't think gets talked about enough. Uh, trans people are disproportionately affected by hate crimes. Well, trans Day Remembrance takes place at the end of Trans Awareness Week this year. Um, it's on the 20th of November and it's a really important day because it's the day where we remember all the lives lost from the trans community um, with the growth of hate crime that that's that's even more powerful now than it has ever been but it's always been a really moving day and it's an important day to to mark. Some recent stats I was looking at uh, from the, the Home Office was was showing trends over the last decade uh, and hate crime against the, the trans community has vastly grown. I mean, it's, it's more than three times as large as it was five years ago and, and even more from 10 years ago. So 
that that's truly horrific. It is, Ian, you're right. And and why do you think that increase is, is happening? Part of me thinks that, that through things like um, the election of Donald Trump in the US, uh, through Brexit in the UK, through the growth of more far-right groups across Europe and in other countries, um, there seems to be um, almost a sense that some people feel as though hate is a legitimate way of articulating a relationship where they didn't feel that so they could comfortably articulate it before. Yeah, I think um, having these right-wing parties come into power, it kind of legitimises these hateful causes. It kind of gives them a platform mm -hmm. to say that, like, this is okay, we're, we're allowed to say this now because our politicians are saying this. Yeah. And how do you think that affects our university community? I guess it kind of pushes uh, trans and non-binary people into hiding. It makes us not, not feel able to express ourselves and be who we are. The community is, is under threat from, from multiple sources. Um, and, and the fact that the, the university is able to, to offer some kind of space for conversation and space for debate is really important. And we need to treasure that, um, but also defend it and not take it for granted. I've recently had some um, conversation with some of our uh, colleagues and students with lived experience, and there seems to be a little bit of a divide around experience uh, within the university and on campus at the university. So when, when I've discussed how safe and confident they feel, um, some of the older colleagues with lived experience are uh, very concerned that they don't feel confident and safe um, because of their past experience. But to contradict that, the, the student population do feel that they are um, more safe and accepted. Um, do you think that's a bit of a generational piece? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also it's, it's worth noting that um, in the Trans Lives survey this year, 99% uh, of trans people said that they experienced um, some sort of transphobia on social media. And considering that we've all like kind of been working online for the last year and a half, it's it's there all day, every day. Like we, we really need the university to be a safe space. But I, I think generationally it has changed. I, I'm obviously like a lot older than most of the students at the university. And I've, I've noticed a shift in the, there's more acceptance, there's more willingness for people to use your pronouns. Uh, there's the pronouns in the email signature, for example. There's gender neutral bathrooms like it, it does feel a lot safer these days. You've just mentioned the trans actual uh, trans live survey charge and we'll come back to that in a second. But Ian, do you want to come in on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with charge that there's definitely a generational thing there as well. But there's also a, 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 there's a, a fair portion of staff who who work at an academic level. Um, and and given sort of some of the media stories that have been circulating at the moment, uh, particularly with some high profile people having some some implicit or ex explicit transphobic views and get that being given mediated airspace, uh, I think is also something that that uh, that we confront as well. Um, so somebody that, that that that's working in the field who's who's paying close attention to media outlets might might pick up on that more quickly 
it creates um, a wider atmosphere that the community is within. And while there may be aspects of the university policy that try and address that, it's still that wider context that the trans community is living within. And and that's that's worrying. That's that 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 growth of um it's 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 greater than microaggression, but it's it's mm. not full out um hate. Uh, is is a very very disturbing trend. Mm. Okay, Judge, what what's your take on that? Yeah, there is a lot of like uh, covert transphobia in the media. There's a, there's a lot of discussion about uh, the medical model of gender, which is just a small part of being a transgender person. Like gender and uh, biological sex are two completely different things, and not every gen uh, transgender person will go through um, medical gender reassignment. But this is the thing that kind of gets uh, brought into the ring in the media and it's all talk about bathrooms and oh which bathroom do you use which parts do you have and that, that is just a tiny part of being a transgender person that's that's really interesting indeed are there any like really positive community incentives that you think are, are, are helping to raise awareness through that that perception um, in Leeds, uh, there's actually uh, an organisation called TransLeeds. Uh, their website is transleeds.org and they do um, regular meetups with the community, uh, social things um, a couple of times a month. Uh, and then there's also nonbinaryleeds.org.uk and they're another fantastic organisation that, that are uh, working with the non-binary, gender non-conforming community in Leeds. Brilliant. They, they sound like really, really good organisations to uh, to get in touch with and, and to um, understand their actions. Ian, is there anywhere that you that you know of anything that you think of uh, regards to really good practice in the community? Or I was actually thinking more of the stuff that's actually taking place within the university as well, and how some schools are adapting changing facilities, adapting toilets, um, so that it, it's it's as a member of staff or a student it's a much more inclusionary context that we're working within and while that's still got a long way to go we've progressed hugely from when I started at the university and it's really exciting to see uh, but as I suggested earlier it's great that we've progressed this far but we still need to keep pushing and we still need to keep widening that that uh, level of commitment to engagement we're probably one of, of, of the, the, the better institutions for what we're doing, but that doesn't mean we can rest easy. No, and I, I agree with you. I think we're making um, steps in the right direction. Uh, we have a long way to go yet, but we, you know, from just what Chodge has mentioned about uh, gender-neutral bathrooms mm. and changing rooms, which we, you know is, is currently in place from our sports side of things at, at the university. And I think on a wider scale, if you look at our Athena Swan, um, Charter mark, which is regarding gender balance, it's more um, inclusive now and it's it's more intersectional. And I think our next submission, which will be uh, presented in May of 2022, will include quite a large section in its action plan with regards to raising awareness and support for our trans and non-binary colleagues and students. So we're, we're making progress in the right way. Leeds Beckett University is a modern, high-quality university transforming lives through professional, academic and applied learning. 
and adding to the social, economic and cultural life of our city and region. We educate the bright minds that will help solve the problems of tomorrow. We collaborate with thousands of regional, national and international businesses to ensure our research and courses are contemporary, rich and relevant to meet the needs of our students and their present and future employers. Our campuses house exceptional teaching, research and learning environments which provide our students with access to state-of-the-art facilities. Across a range of disciplines, our researchers are striving to improve quality of life, equality and the environment around us. We are dedicated to making a difference. To find out more about Leeds Beckett University, our courses and our community of staff, students and alumni, please visit leedsbeckett.ac.uk. We mentioned already the Transactuals uh, TransLive survey um, and some of the data, the data that's been presented on that, uh, if I'm honest, is, is quite disappointing. Um, if I can just mention a few of the, them on um, daily life, things like 85% of trans women report being subjected to transphobic street harassment from strangers, with 71% of trans men and 73% of non-binary people saying the same. 99% of trans people surveyed have experienced transphobia on social media. 93% of participants reported that media transphobia has impacted their experiences of transphobia from strangers on the street, which we've, we've kind of just touched on. Mm. And then through a healthcare perspective, that 14% reported that they were refused GP care on account of being trans, or at least at least on at least one occasion. Um, 57% of trans people reported that they avoid going to a doctor when they're unwell. You know, these 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 are they're quite shocking. Some of these statistics: 60% of disabled respondents um, reported experiencing ableism when accessing trans-specific healthcare. Ian, have you got any? views you'd like to share with us on, on some of those statistics? Um, they're, they're horrifying. I don't think they're surprising, um, sadly. And, and I think it's also worth flagging the, the wonderful work that Yorkshire Mesmac do around uh, sexual health for the LGBTQI plus community. Um, and they, they offer some fantastic services. So if anyone is really struggling out there, then, then they're a great resource to, to pull on. We don't want to be singled out as different or othered, um, which happens a lot. And it's a part of coming out, I guess, when you come out to people and you say, oh, actually, I'm I'm non-binary, I use they, them pronouns, or I'm actually not a girl, as you think I am, I'm a boy. Then all the questions come. They ask really impersonal questions about your sexual organs and your sexual orientation and things, what do you have under your clothes, things that are nobody's business that you would not ask a cis person. And it it, it comes a lot. Almost every time that you come out, it comes. So, so what do you think we can do more of? What can we do more of at LBU to raise that awareness um, of those circumstances and, and help support um, all inclusivity within, within the university? I think we can um, take the weight off the trans community by um, normalising everybody sharing their pronouns. So as we've started to do with the email signatures, come come out before you're asked. So for cis people, don't put put the um, what's the word I'm looking for. Don't make it the responsibility of the trans community to to correct people every time. 
like normalize that um, we're not all we don't all fit the gender binary. Um, there's a really good website so for people that are struggling with using different pronouns for people because um, the, there, there are like an unlimited number of pronouns now that people use. Uh, there's a great website practicewithpronouns.com where you can practice putting the pronouns into each situation um, and get comfortable with them if, if somebody close to you or that you know uh, comes out and tells you that they're using neo pronouns then you know you can you can practice that in your own time and don't always put the responsibility on, onto that person to correct you every time that's that's a great link to, and a great uh, tool to share in that there are some people who are uncomfortable shall we say uh, at sharing or presenting their pronouns is there anything that you you can add to maybe give them a little bit more confidence around that or a bit more understanding um what what we can all do in general is just start by using gender neutral pronouns for everybody and then leave it up to everybody including cis people to say actually i, I prefer if you used he him or you know she her and not put it down to the the trans community to, to have to keep correcting people okay it's yeah. a really it's, it's a really small thing isn't it uh in yeah. a sense in that that it's just a couple of little words after yeah. your name and it shows such a strong strong message yeah if if we try and um compare it to something that that cis people might understand imagine you somebody gets your name wrong every time they speak to you and they always get your name wrong and you have to keep correcting them saying actually no this is my name it's like that it's, it's annoying and by by them using your pronouns your name it, it validates you it makes you think okay this person is talking to me they respect me without without that you when you're being misgendered it it kind of it, it's a microaggression and especially when it when it's done purposefully it, it it's yeah it chips away at you every day and it makes you think oh well am i not am i not trans enough do i not pass it, it devalues you as a yeah you... it really does yeah okay so it's so really what we're saying the use of pronouns whether you advertise them um in meetings face to face virtually or on your um auto signatures it's yeah. it's a bit of a it's a small action but it's very impactful yeah it also kind of gives a signal to other people that that you're a safe person to interact with because you're um you're woke you understand like you're by you saying your pronouns it it, it makes somebody like me feel like I, i'm okay to open up to you um and also what we can do because people people get misgendered all the time uh you can do it by accident you can forget and you know if you do it apologize move on don't make a big deal about it don't kind of keep going on about oh i'm so sorry i should remember just okay yeah i'm sorry i'll, I'll correct myself and then carry on i also think by by offering it up yourself at the beginning so that craig as, as you did when you opened the the conversation today when you you said craig downing he him you immediately sort of um say that this is a legitimate way of communicating so please reciprocate yeah yeah, and, and do you know what, from my own personal perspective, that is <coughs> me presenting who I am and, and being in support of, of mm -hmm. um, people's pronouns. 
and it it takes some getting used to. You have to you have to kind of really think about it. But that thinking process really helps you to understand the reason why you're doing it, and why you're advertising it as well. So yeah, I think that that that's a, a really great way of doing it. Obviously, we have people who would still feel uncomfortable, um, but if we can continue to raise awareness and educate, then you know we may have more people presenting their uh, pronouns. So thank you for that. That's really good. Um, so as we said, this this was just the start of our conversations around um, what we can do to help support our trans and non-binary colleagues and students in the future, and we hope that there'll be many more to come. I know that uh, Ian and Chodge are uh, creating a blog um, in support of this week. Ian, would you give us a little insight into what that's going to look like? Um, well, it's very much been a, a collaborative effort between Chodge and myself. Um, we, we've Dug, dug into a bit of the history, we've dug into some contemporary experiences and we've provided links as well that hopefully people that want to know more or understand more or, or um, find some safety in articulating their identity more can, can dip into and, and find some of that extra help that they might need. George? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of links and a lot of um, advice in the in the blog so it's a, it's yeah it's a good place to go for for more information for for trans students and staff and also allies excellent and you'll be able you'll be sharing all those links on that blog as well which is fantastic news so brilliant well thank you very much for uh, for both being with us today um it's been very insightful although short and sweet um hopefully as we said this is the start of our progression to be able to help support uh, awareness of our trans and non-binary students and colleagues. If anybody would like to join our next conversations, please feel free to contact uh, the equality at leedsbeckett.ac.uk mailbox or myself directly. Um, and I would also encourage everyone who feels comfortable to start presenting their pronouns either, as we said, uh, in virtual meetings or face-to-face -face meetings or on email signatures. Um, and during the week, You'll see uh, a lot more information on LBU Voices for colleagues and on My Beckett for students on pronouns uh, to help support their use. So uh, thank you again, Ian and Chodge, and thank you to you for listening. So take care and bye for now. The Beckett Talk podcasts are released every Tuesday. So don't forget to check our social media channels on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook to find out more details on our next episode. See you next week.